Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Creative Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Amatic, joined this afternoon by Ben Gretsch. We got seismic news, hilarious news, honestly, really for me in the NFL yesterday with Devontae Adams being traded for a first round pick and a second round pick from the Green Bay Packers to the Las Vegas Raiders. And honestly, Ben, I don't really get it from either team's perspective. Like, I don't think it's a bad trade for the Raiders. I don't really think it's a bad trade for the Packers, but I don't really get what both teams are trying to do honestly i really don't i mean it doesn't make a ton of sense i think the later reporting that like he just always wanted to be a raider is really the only thing that sort of justifies it uh i I, honestly i don't know that i i mean i I get it if you're the raiders but like you're in a division now where this isn't probably going to put you over the edge and you just sent him to a massive deal and he's what 29 or something he's gonna be he's gonna be 30 when the season starts he's 29 right now yeah i mean he's obviously incredibly good and i do think it matters that they played you know him and him and Carr played together at fresno and and have familiarity but well i don't think it would have happened if if they if there was like i think i think he just wanted to go back to college like i think he just wanted to play with this college quarterback is kind of what it sounded like but it's so weird because there's no qb i mean you're alluding to this there's no qb receiver combo that tie together more closely than Rogers and Adams. Ro- so yeah, they, like, they posted all is... the, the last dance gifts and stuff. Yeah. And, and the, like Carr being his college quarterback, I mean, it's, it's helpful, but this is still a downgrade for Adams and any kind of like fantasy perspective in my eyes. I mean, there's so much that Rogers and Adams do that is like unspoken before the snap and stuff like that. And Obviously, Rodgers is better than Carr. Like, Rodgers has done this with Jordy Nelson before Adams, and he had these types of, you know. Um, and J- James Jones, 14 touchdown season, yeah. you know. The great, the great Jennings years, even before Nelson exploded. Donald Driver. Ronald, Randall Cobb. Yeah, like a lot of efficient receivers, a lot of guys that were sort of his guy for periods of time. Uh, I mean, Carr and, you know, Adams will be Carr's guy, but they're not going to have the same type of ability to analyze defenses and make adjustments and stuff on the, on the fly at the line, just because like what, what Rogers and Adams did from that perspective to me was like almost impossible to replicate. And I think it would be very unlikely that he's going to have the largest target share in the NFL again, either because Hunter Renfro is at least going to get what worst 18% target share, probably total worst case for him. And then you have Darren Waller, and then you run this West Coast offense, this McDaniel's offense that throws to the running back a ton. Like I, I don't, I don't see how you carve out 
200 targets again for Adams in it, given, given the personnel. I mean, that goes right back to the, the pre-snap stuff and all that. I mean, how many times has Rogers hit, you know, just look just over at see Adams something yeah. and hits him at the line. Right. And it's an extended run play or the back shoulder stuff. I mean, and Rogers throws that ball better than anyone, but it's like Adams is covered. He's running up the sideline and, and they know that so well, obviously Adams knows when to break off his route and turn and he catches a ball on the sideline. They get 10 yards. He did that with Jordy. He did that. You know, he had Rogers has had that back shoulder throw with various receivers and that timing and everything. It's something they practice. He's not going to have that timing and stuff with Carr. And to your point, like once Adams gets out in the route, is Carr even going to throw that back shoulder as much or is he going to go to <laughs> no. Renfro or somebody? Yeah, no, of course not. You're like you can't to the extent that Rogers was throwing it. It's just not possible. And, and so, I mean, my, my gut check, like re-ranking of the wider and, and I, been a little lazy this off season with updating rankings and everything. Cause I'm not, I'm not drafting it. I told myself I wouldn't get in a lot of these super early best balls. Cause I'm just going to be doing so many after the draft, but my gut check is he's got to be after cup. He's got to be after Tyreek got to be after um, Justin Jefferson and chase and chase like that. I think it might even push him out of the first round. I think point. I'm taking AJ Brown over him. I think I'm taking, um, who else is like in that range? I'd probably take Diggs over him. Like, there's there's too much uncertainty with changing teams. I mean, CD with no Amari and Gallup not ready by by week one, and and I mean, I guess we'll see if they take a wide receiver in the first round or not. But like, I I wouldn't think like if I can comfortably project Lamb for nine and a half targets per game, it might get it might get close for me too. Yeah, I mean, it th- that's the range where it's like. I mean, my, my initial reaction was Adams is going to go higher than I ever want to take him. It'll be, it would be interesting to see yeah. if Liam winds up going ahead of Adams, but I, I doubt he will because there's still people that are going to buy into like what Adams has done in the past. And so was, for me, it was like, all right, that's it. I'm not going to have any Devonta Adams this year because like I, I'm whatever price he ends up at, I'm assuming it's not going to be low enough for me to be like, I want to make that bet basically. Right. And then, and then from the Green Bay perspective, I'm having trouble you know, knowing like, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble figuring it out because you pay Aaron Rodgers all this money. I mean, crazy money. You, you destroy your salary cap. You let go of playmakers on both sides of the ball. You know, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is taking meetings with everyone, even depth guys, you know, Equinemi St. Brown leaves and then they lose Zedarius Smith on defense and they lost other defensive players too, whose names I, I don't know because you know, we're not out here knowing defensive players just to keep Rogers. Right. So, so you're, it, it, I guess if your prior is all that matters is just having elite level quarterback play. But I mean, how many elite quarterbacks have we seen play with shitty wide receivers and they look terrible? I mean, Brady, we all thought he was done for like the last four years in new England because they didn't have any guys who could move. And I guess, what we're thinking now is they take a wide receiver in the first round, but you got to hit on that wide receiver and they're probably not going to be like a hundred percent fully formed as a rookie. Like very rarely do guys hit the ground running like chase did. Um, it's just, it's think, a weird spot. I think, I mean, so they got the Raiders first and they get the, they now have the 22nd and 28th picks. I think yeah. they should take two wide receivers in the first round. There's like six viable first round receivers. Yeah. A lot of yeah, and it might be, you know, the next group that is available there. I don't know if, if Alave and Burks would even make it to 22 based on some of the stuff that's been talked about, but 
I mean, why not? Like, to well, your point, you don't know who's well, going to be polished. Why not use both those picks and hope one of them comes out and is really good is ready one. to go? Yeah. yeah. So, so Corrine and I were going through the draft yesterday, the first round, trying to figure out who takes a wide receiver in the first round. And one of the picks that we had earmarked for a wide receiver was the Raiders pick. We thought that they would take one of these guys for sure. Now that's out of the way because we were trying to figure out the likelihood of Traylon Burks getting to Dallas at 24. And I guess it feels less likely now because the Packers are, I, I would make them huge favorites to oh, take a wide receiver at If you at got 22. past them, I would be shocked Yeah, at 22. So, so Traylon Burks is probably not going to Dallas, which is, um, I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a bummer, but yeah, I mean, and, and, and then I guess the, the other question is with what they have it in cap space now, do they have enough room to, to pay Jarvis Landry to pay Allen Robinson, you know, like, is, is there a guy out there? Well, Robinson uh, oh, signed. Robinson signed with the Rams. Yeah, that's yep. right. I, yeah, I'd forgotten that because it even happened so fast. So I guess the guys out there are like, are they're all slot types now Juju. at this point? Yeah. Juju. Yeah. Juju um, would be an interesting buy low. Um, if they actually tried to let him run some routes downfield, which the Steelers obviously didn't do much of the last couple of years. Like, Maybe we'd see, I mean, obviously Rogers is going to help the efficiency of receivers. It would be, I mean, for sure. I think that'd be an interesting fit along with rookie. I mean, you got to remake the whole room. It feels like, cause it, it sounds like MBS is going to get a decent enough deal and probably so, not sounds like he was getting offered like multiple years and $8 million per year is what it is. What it had sounded like, which I don't think they can do, but I mean, they, I mean, how bad do they need him now? They have no field stretcher on the roster at all. They got no one who can do that job. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, in terms of, you know, like Fuller's still available and stuff, I, th those guys are not signing. Uh, the, the big speculation, obviously, is waiting to find out what happens. Boy, with Full, Fuller, Fuller's going to Atlanta with, with Deshaun Watson. Right. But there's some, there's some speed, obviously, in the draft. So maybe they hit their speed option in the draft. I mean – yeah, they're going to have to. I mean, Lazard's a good number three in my mind, but you need another opposite, you know, another outside receiver opposite him that, you know, maybe would be like a Devontae Adams type. Seems like a good fit. Well, that's the thing is he's, <laughs> he's a very specific type of guy. Um, kind of like Drake London, actually, where it's like he can do like this one thing and he can do it really well, but like versatility is not his strong suit at all. Who's that? Lazard. La Lazard. Yeah. yeah Lazard. Yeah. Lazard. He, he plays on the boundary. You're never putting him in the slot. He's not like super tricky with his footwork or anything. He's not burning guys. He just, he's just going to win contested yeah. catches and he's a good red zone option. And, and he's, yeah, but he's, he's stable. Like if you had him and you got like a juju in the slot, I mean, now we're, we've turned this into, we're trying to remake the Packers receiving core, but like if you have, they Lazard, need to be remade. Juju, this is, this needs to be remade. We got to figure then, it out. And then the rookie on the opposite side who probably has to be a little bit of a field stretcher, like we were saying. I mean, that it's not a good receiving core, but it's not terrible, right? Like if that rookie is good right away. I mean, if they so that you know, we always do this with these decisions, but it's like if if whoever they draft, if it's Alave, if it's Traylon Burks, you know, if it's Drake Lund, just whoever it is, if that guy comes in and hits the ground running, people are gonna be like, oh uh you know the packers they're geniuses right they in, instead of paying 30 year old Devonte adams all this money 
they go and get and what what is the first round scale for like the 22nd overall pick it's like six million dollars probably per year or something like that maybe not even that yeah maybe not even that so they they save a bunch of money against the cap so i mean it's pretty it would be pretty interesting but i guess it just feels as if they're so he was just such a big part of what they do on offense. You know, he is the straw that stirs the drink. And of course, people have been quoting the fact that they're seven and zero without Adams in the lineup or whatever, which is not particularly convincing to me. But it it it's like just a weird thing to clearly be in a championship window and let your second best offensive player go. Like I don't. It's just it's just very bizarre. Yeah, I just looked at Justin Jefferson's contract because that's like that's what I was thinking of. Right, the right range. Yeah, yeah, and it's the right range, and it's it's exactly what you know they traded Diggs and then they picked Jefferson in the twenties, and he was four years about six million total. Like his first year, his salary was only six hundred ten k. So like, yeah, if you replace a twenty eight million dollar, I mean, that's the thing about the Raiders' decision is like twenty eight million dollars. Just that is the Raiders. The Raiders' decision is like so. It's always kind of funny when. I mean, they got this great player. The Raiders don't have that many players that are great, but it's, it is just like that analytics nerd thing of being like, great. You traded for a guy whose best days are very likely behind him. Though I guess you could charitably say Adams is maybe the type of player whose game is going to age sort of gracefully. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Cause it's not so much about speed or like, like Tyreek Hill is a guy when he Tyreek gets 30, I think we're going to start to see some slippage in his efficiency but Adam should still be able to do his thing. But the overarching point is just like the Raiders are not going to win the AFC West for like a decade. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, looking at this division, they are comfortably still the fourth best team in their division. Yeah. That's what's, so, I mean, I, I guess you can say like, what do you do? You just don't try. Like obviously right. you got to try, you got to go for it. Um, and I agree with you. Like, I think the stuff that Adams does, especially like around the red zone, I think he could have a high TD season. I just think it's really tough for him to come out and have like a really high target share. Like you said, high yardage season, all of those things are going to be a little more difficult without Rogers. Cause he's not like the best deep threat, obviously, like you're talking about the speed elements and stuff. He's a really good route runner, but um, probably some degree of his downfield production, I would say is tied more to Rogers. And that might be part that falls off right playing with Derek Carr um and obviously they connected for deep shots in college but like that was a lot of years ago <laughs> I just and it's against like college opponents you know t- the, 10 year 10 year nine years ago I think is how yeah. long Carr's been in the NFL so long time in the Mountain West like not or whatever conference Fresno's in these days that's a good I, I would guess Mountain West but I yeah. I couldn't whack? say for sure is it the whack let's well now we got to find out Fresno yeah. State CFB reference uh they are in so they were they were in the whack now they're in the mountain west the so mountain. so they they transitioned um so car yeah so that's funny cars last year they they car and adams is last year there they switch conferences the year after so they, they both were correct <laughs> they were playing we against go. whack in mountain west defenses but yeah i mean like I, I agree with you. I think Adams could age well, but like 28 mil, I mean, just like a few years ago, obviously the cap has gone up and, and definitely always in these discussions, I want to be like, I'm happy for Devonte Adams getting his money, getting to play. Oh, good for play. him. Like, yeah, good no for doubt. Him, 100%. Um, but like, 
just a few years ago, the cap was lower and everything. I get it. But like 28 million was high end quarterback money. There's not a lot of non quarterbacks that make near that. I mean, does that, well, did that I, make him I, the highest paid non quarterback? I, I, I was going to say, I believe he now has signed the highest AAV for a non quarterback ever. I, I, I believe, I believe I saw someone tweet that. And obviously, that record is not going to stand for that long because, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson and CD Lamb and, and Jamar Chase, these guys are going to get. Like Jamar, Jamar Chase's contract in three years from the Bengals is going to be insane. It's going to be, it's yeah, going to be nuts. But that will make a little bit more sense. I think to your point about him, you know, Adams kind of having his best days behind him. We don't know that, you know, for sure, but it's t- like Chase will be signing that deal as an extension going into his prime. Adams right. has been really good. I mean, it's, it's like, I'm not saying Adams is going to fall for sure, but there are not a lot of receivers that have played at, like top five levels for more than like three or four years. Like it's a lot. Very, I mean, Hopkins, right? Yeah. Hopkins. He, he, I mean, where he's his best days are behind him. I don't think we'll right. ever see DeAndre Hopkins be yeah. DeAndre Hopkins again. I was trying to figure out if you were saying he's an example of one who did because when he went to Arizona, I thought he was going to fall right away. He had a great first year, but then last year, yeah, kind of fell. Um, we've seen that with like a lot of dudes, and and we also see a lot of dudes in the NFL when they switch teams at their peak. You oh yeah. The wide, wide situation re- wide receiver going to a new team. That's always a huge narrative, yeah. right? That was the Diggs narrative that we didn't buy at the time. Uh, but I kind of buy it with Adams, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely like, there's less room for Diggs. It was at least like they haven't been using him, right? There's room for him to, to go up from here in terms of like getting targets at all depths and everything. Like obviously Adams has been used as, as, dominantly as any receiver could as a a part of his offense with the Packers there's no room for that to go up like there's only room for it to come down Um, yeah he can't possibly always say it is like yeah you're buying when the guy's already at his absolute peak I think the difference with Diggs was like probably wasn't at his peak yet I mean well certainly we saw him go up in, in Buffalo in terms of being used in a lot of different ways that the Vikings didn't always exploit but um Adams you're buying like at him being perfectly used within a system and within a within a team with the Packers and now he goes to the Raiders it's like somehow he's not going to be as perfectly used it's just not possible yeah so the Packers take a wide receiver at 22 how high like like where are you valuing that guy in rookie drafts right so so we're like are you just treating that like the draft capital or are we saying this is a like th- this always happens, right? The Chiefs take Hardman. That guy goes way up because he's on because he's on the Chiefs. Um, I mean, we all love CeeDee Lamb anyways, but CeeDee goes to the Cowboys. And so he's clearly the top guy, you know, in, in that class. And and I've been talking about this with Corrine, but, you know, the Bills look like they should probably take a wide receiver. See, we'll see if they do or not. The Packers are going to take one. The Cowboys should probably take one. The Chargers are a, a really interesting destination for a wide receiver. I think Keenan's entering into his age 30 season. Mm-hmm. And they, it's so funny. The Chargers have just had these total, you know, uh, ca- like these guys just doing calisthenics as their third wide receiver. Uh, and I guess Josh Palmer showed a little bit last year, but like Jalen Guyton, total zero. Jason Moore, total zero. Um but like Keenan's so, targets per out run is like target dominance has fallen over the last couple of years. So, or, yeah. or especially this past year. Yeah. Which, which I think makes sense as like a stylistic thing with Herbert. Cause Herbert doesn't want to check down. Herbert wants to make stuff happen and, and throw down the field. That is um, a really interesting landing spot. I agree. 
so the the question would be is Green Bay takes a guy we like, you know, whether it be Alave, whether it be Burks, Jamison Williams, you know, whoever. Um, does that guy get boosted up from like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the, the consensus 107 to like the second wide receiver behind Burks or, or whoever is the first, you know, and, and Brees Hall? Like, I, like that is like, is this such a good landing spot because they don't have anything else that that guy has to get pushed up? I, uh, it'll depend on the receiver for me. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I try really hard not to overvalue landing spot. I mean, that's how you miss out on dudes like AJ Brown. when you go the other way and you're like, Oh, the Tennessee, I mean, he's the, he's the best example. Yeah. I, I mean, I care about the actual prospect. It's obviously a good spot at the same time. I think you can make a case that there are concerns about the spot. Like Rogers has never used rookies heavily early on even didn't, Devontae use, Adams, didn't use Devonte adams yeah it was terrible for two years people thought he was like one of the worst receivers in the league going into year three in redraft he was like a 18th he, round after he he was on the laquan treadwell track yeah he really was i mean he was a complete afterthought it's it's hard to kind of overstate that they still had jordy and other guys and he was like maybe their wide receiver three and then that's the first year he had this double digit touchdown season and from then yeah. on he's become the best receiver of the game but that's basically been true of every receiver during Rogers tenure. I mean, like Jordy Nelson, even the ones that hit Jordy Nelson, it took a couple of years. And then he had that monster 15 TD season as sort of a rotational guy. But the other issue was like, they don't have the guy in place ahead now. Like Adams isn't there anymore. Like the ball's got to go somewhere. Someone's going to have to be Rogers go-to guy. I mean, Lazard's the one that he's going to be like most comfortable throwing to or MVS if they bring him back. Um, or I guess Randall Cobb, if they bring him back, <laughs> if they bring Randall Cobb back, like, like Packers fans should be rioting in the street as being like Randall Cobb is part of the solution here. It's, it's so interesting because so much of what Rogers does is based on pre-snap stuff. It's based on, you can tell a ton of practice time, a ton of understanding coverages and making sure that his receivers are thinking through things the same as him. And a lot, I mean, my, the way I've always understood that is with the rookies is like, they're just not ready right away. They need like a year or in some cases, two years to, to get on the same page as Rogers for the ways that they can then exploit things. And then he'll have their trust and then he'll actually throw them the football. So I think people are going to freak out and be like, yeah, he, this, whoever lands there has to go top three in rookie drafts. I'm not entirely certain it's going to be at, I like, it's going to be a wide variant, like a high, high variance wide range type thing where like yeah the ceiling could be really really good if that guy gels with rogers quickly it could also be a thing where like that guy's sort of an afterthought because of rogers tendencies and then doesn't ever really get the rogers boost because rogers is eventually gone and then he's like you know trying to fit in with jordan love or whatever they do in the future with the with the quarterback position in green bay it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting one, but what, yeah, like what, I said, it'll what, depend on the what do player. you think, what do you think happens to Jordan love here? What do we, what do we think is happening to, to Jordan love right now? I mean, where does like, is there a trade? I don't think there's a, seems to be much of a trademark for him. Is Jordan love going to like finish his rookie contract on the Packers and have started one game when Rogers was out with COVID? Yeah. He's probably just done, man. Like he's going to get a backup deal after that too. I mean, I think people make up their minds pretty quick when you get it. Yeah. No one, no time. one's giving him the, tr he's going to have to do what Trubisky did. He's going to have to, he's going to have to go sign a, a one-year deal yeah. with like a, I mean, Trubisky getting $10 million is so funny. Like he does nothing. He goes and backs up uh, Josh Allen for a year and basically the, his team does really good. And I guess I, what had to have happened with Trubisky is, um, 
Why am I, oh, Dable. Dable must have said a bunch of nice yeah. shit about him to other people is what had to Well, and happened. he wanted him in New York. I mean, it came down to yeah. those two teams, or at least those that was the reports. And Trubisky picked the Steelers basically for a better shot to start, which you can't really fault him for. Uh, yeah, I do. I think you're right. I think Dable's rising star in the league and the fact that he was so effusive with his praise of, of Trubisky that carried a lot of weight. And it's funny, like that's all that's carrying the weight. You're right. Like if we step back and, and pull, just take that away and say like, well, what if Dable's wrong? Then like the, the siding's pretty bad. Like the, it is, it's objectively it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be very funny if Trubisky is good for fantasy though. Cause like, I don't know. I, you know, one thing that I have been thinking about is like Nagy just made Justin Fields look so shitty that I do. I do wonder if there's just like a little bit that he, cause, cause remember when Trubisky was doing really well, everyone's like, Oh, Nagy's such a quarterback whisperer. Like he's getting so much out of Trubisky. Who's clearly limited. And I guess, I guess not that the, I mean, I guess we don't really know that much about Matt Canada because he was so handcuffed by Ben Roethlisberger, but it would be really funny to me if Trubisky does put together like an inter- like a decent fantasy season just on I think the strength. It's possible. Of- it's totally possible. There's yeah. weapons there. I mean, I one of the things I think I tweeted at some point was like, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I felt like, and maybe this isn't totally true because there's a ton of discussion around Roethlisberger, but it didn't necessarily still jive with like about how bad Roethlisberger was last year, but it didn't necessarily jive with um, sort of the perception of the Steelers as a landing spot because like almost anyone felt like they would be an upgrade. Like if they would have got Marcus Mariota, if they got like whoever they would have got. Oh, I was really upgrade. hoping they got Mariota. Yeah, something yeah. like that would have been sweet. Um, but Trubisky at least adds some mobility and he like, he's got a bigger arm than Roethlisberger. I can say that. I mean, he's not going to be particularly accurate, but like Roethlisberger also not insanely accurate uh, certainly for a guy like Deontay Johnson Roethlisberger's ability to like time things well even when he's like sort of throwing ducks like sort of late career Peyton Manning stuff where I always thought people would joke about Peyton Manning's ducks but it's like they're always on time you know he knew how to right. read defense process and get the ball to a spot even if it's fluttering the defense it can't converge quick enough if you are processing quick enough and getting the ball out Roethlisberger did some of that and that was helpful for guys like Deontay that are more timing route guys but and Trubisky is going to be worse in those areas, but like as an overall package, as a passer, Trubisky obviously going to bring more as a, like uh, as a downfield thrower. And, you know, the accuracy is not going to be great, but the accuracy was not consistently good for Roethlisberger. Like there were, we joke about it, but there were multiple plays where like guys were stopping, turning around and diving back five to get yards the ball. short to try to get yeah. to the ball. Like I remember Chase Claypool doing that uh at some point last year and, and just having like an absolute laughing fit, trying to like, this looked like, backyard football when backyard kid, football like stopping yeah. and turning and diving backward trying to get to a ball um Trubisky, I do. gonna throw some picks and stuff but adds oh, some mobility yeah. and actually has a functional arm might be enough for him to be like and if he's if he has progressed at all like if he can just be average you're talking about a pretty big improvement <laughs> who's gonna be who's gonna be their third wide receiver because is J- james washington is an unrestricted free agent so i believe he's unsigned right now that's a good question. And they just lost Ray Ray McLeod to a big deal. Did they really? <laughs> yeah. I uh, missed that. The Niners, Kyle Shanahan's out here paying 10 Oh my God. Ray Ray that's, that's the most, that's the most Shanahan signing ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So James Washington is an unrestricted fridge. It would make sense for them to bring him back probably. 
kind of interesting actually yeah they kind of uh, i mean they kind of have more of a needed slot that's why i brought up mcleod too with, it, with juju leaving mcleod leaves now you they should have I mean, signed they should have signed pringle honestly fryer move is going to be that guy dude like yeah that's the guy For, that um that's such a that's such a dynasty hack by the way i have fryer on like multiple teams just because he was just sitting there at the end of the second round in so many drafts and i I have, it's so funny. Like my whole dynasty fantasy football window got shaken up by the, the mid season Dak ankle injury, um, two seasons ago. Cause I died Dak on like pretty much every team in all these super flex leagues and then losing him just submarines you. So all my teams look incredibly similar cause they all went to go tank at the same time. So I have a bunch of Fryermuth. Um, let's this, the, what, what are your, your big takes? I mean, we don't have to I, I'm not I'm not finalized on any of these guys yet, but uh, I haven't I haven't talked to you at all about this. Do you have any big rookie takes so far? Uh, not really. I, I haven't really crystallized a ton either. I mean, I'm I'm definitely um, I mean I'm I'm really intrigued by Drake London because he like some of the stuff I've looked at. I'm gonna start doing some research into targets per out run with rookies, which I haven't ever done. I've really gotten into targets per out run the last few years, and I don't know that there's a ton of people that are doing that on rookies. And London was yeah. an interesting one where he just like sort of similar to his overall profile, wasn't very good at earning targets his first two years, but then his third year really jumped up. And I mean, he's still in early declare and had a really good third season, but like there's all these concerns about separation and stuff. He has the size. I think I mean definitely has some athleticism. Like you got that video that went around with where he did the five forty dunk. The, the dunk, school. yeah. I can't stop talking about it. I think that's the coolest dunk ever. I don't. I've never seen a five forty dunk. I don't think. So I, you know, ten years ago, Drake London would have been like, oh, number one wide receiver in the class. What I am worried about with Drake London is the JJ Arcega Whiteside syndrome, which is that who's the best player on a team that threw the ball a ton. And it's just kind of hard to learn about guys in the Pac-12 because they don't play any NFL quality defenders. I mean, he just is getting covered by guys who are so far and away different from what he's going to face in the NFL, which is not to say that I think Drake London is a huge bust, but I think I'm going to be more willing to, like, I, like I'm really hoping George Pickens goes in the first round or early in the second round or that Jamison Williams goes in the first round because those are guys whose profiles I find way more intriguing yeah. and i would like that to be backed up by draft Dude, capital it's, th- that's probably one of the most intriguing parts of this class to me is williams um, the injury guys and you, yeah mechie even and then even mm-hmm. uh, uh justin ross from from clemson like dude he had as a true freshman he had more yards than t higgins hunter renfro amari rogers all on his team he led the team in yardage as a true yeah. freshman those guys were all older. When you see young guys come in, age adjusted production, talk about that. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, like I didn't notice that about Ross because he's been a guy, he had his pro day yesterday and he was dog shit. So, was he? I'm, I missed yeah, that. He, was, he was really slow and like not explosive. But, well, so Crane's he, been telling me that like his injuries are like legit career threatening and he hasn't done anything really since that year. But, like, yeah, I well, don't he know, missed, man. he missed an entire season. I think he had a neck injury, maybe like right. he missed a whole year. He did. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Oh, and ETN was on that team too. Yeah. Like th- they had this absolutely loaded team. Like at that time he looked like the, I mean, and yeah, Renfro Higgins, Rogers, ETN all on the same roster. And you're a true freshman and you lead that team with a thousand yards is like, that's just an insane. It is, it is really impressive. And, and, you know, I think we'll probably know um, about the medical stuff. Cause if he, 
slips to the sixth round is probably just not going to happen for him. But yeah, kind of, uh, kind of like remember Terrace Marshall last year, he was going to be one of the guys that was going to fall because of medical concerns. And then his old college coach took him right. Joe Brady yeah. uh, takes him. And so he ended up getting, he ended up getting pushed way up, uh, you know, rookie draft boards because of that. And, right. You know, Ross, that, I think is interesting. If you can get him in the, like the third round of the rookie draft, the, the, the point I was making about the injury guys is like, these guys are potentially elite players if they get back yes. to healthy, especially like Jameson Williams, like you're talking about. But if they get back to healthy and they're going to be pushed down in rookie drafts, so in dynasty, like I'm loving the idea of having like a second round pick and taking a dude that maybe won't contribute right away, which all rookies might not, might but not has anyway. this really, really nice profile if they're able to come back and be healthy. I mean, I, I'm liking the, some of the injury discounts. Yeah. Uh, which again, makes, a, you love to take, you love to take an injured guy with, uh, with a tanking team. Um, Pickens, do you have, do you have thoughts on, on his yeah, profile? Cause yeah. Well, because Crane and I have been kind of arguing about him. It's like Crane's kind of like likes him, but is like a little bit ambivalent. And I'm like, no, if this guy goes top 64 picks, I think he's such, I, I just think he's such a baller. Like, uh, you know, I mean, insane season in the SEC at 18 kind of gets worse his second year and then tears his ACL still, still an early declare, which I think is, um, that's so interesting to still be an early declare coming off of a, of a torn ACL, especially when your production was not that great. Like he must've just, he must've known he was going to do really good at the combine. I think he must've, he must've been timing and, and working out and stuff and, and being like, I, I'm going to do really well at the combine. Cause that's a spot where you can really fuck yourself. If you, if you early, if you early declare have a bad combine and you're like a fourth round pick. Yeah. He, him and, Jameson Williams are the two that are like the, the prime ones on this where like I actually do kind of want to pay up a little bit because I don't know I, I'm with I'm way more with you based on the way you just described yours and Pat's discussions in that like I'm super interested in what he did at his peak as a as a player it was a pretty small sample in his second year before he gets hurt eight games and he still had like a he had good numbers they weren't like that much worse it's one of those things where like, there's a little bit of variance in data regardless, especially when you're talking about. That's, that's true. We, we do kind of forget that like an eight game season, like, it, and, and you, by the way, we're running into that with a lot of these prospects too, because like USC, I think USC in the COVID season, I think they played four games, maybe six games, but, and there are other schools like that too. We're just that, you know, they had a bunch of games canceled. They had a bunch of positives, you know, like it, like there are, if, if you really dug into the data on some of these prospects, I do think there's some interesting stuff like that would come up. Yeah, where you're like, it's like maybe one game different or, you know, I don't even know. I mean, I haven't looked at Pickens game log, but maybe he only played a half against one of their, you know, D2 opponents at some point or something. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just making that completely up, but like, you're, you're right. Like if you dug in, you'd probably find some things that are like, yeah, like a couple dip plays go differently or whatever. Um, you know, he gets open deep and he gets missed by a quarterback. You're like, yeah, if that's a good throw, then then his yardage numbers are 50 yards higher. And then his, you know, his dominant rating is like a couple percentage points higher because it's that small of a sample. But then, yeah, he barely played in 2021 at all. He came back and didn't play full games when he came back, even into like the college football playoff. He played a little bit, um, but wasn't like running a ton of routes, I don't think. And so you, yeah, I mean, I, I'm willing to look back at, like you said, what he did as a freshman, really, really impressive and be like, I might have an opportunity to draft a receiver that because of injury and COVID and all these things would have otherwise 
probably been a top five player in his class, but you get him in the second, you know, early second or one, two turn or whatever. I mean, that's. So what do you make of the fact that Jamison Williams transferred to, from Ohio state to Alabama? I think, I think it's all like, uh, that is broadly the fact that he transferred and that he couldn't beat out, even though there's really good competition, the fact that he couldn't beat out other players would be a negative mark, except for, I think every situation you have to be a little bit willing to like provide context. And the context I'm providing in my head on that is Nick Saban is the dude that wanted him and brought him in and then made him good. Really, really quick, like really, really good. Like utilized him heavily right away. That's enough for me to be like, okay, well, Ohio state might've just made a mistake. Like, you know, we, we always are, you know, talk about the concept of like rational coaching and this and that, like, it's probably a sign that he wasn't, um, that good if he couldn't beat out the players ahead of him but it's possible that ohio state like they just didn't necessarily analyze it well or i mean not even without criticizing them too much because their other receivers were all very good too they're they're they might all be first round picks right. everyone everyone so like someone had to be to... the odd man out but the fact yeah. that the guy who was the odd man out it was alabama it was nick saban who's like i want you and i want to use you immediately yep. and you're gonna have this dominant season i basically write that off i'm like i don't even care that he left and, and maybe that's not right, but that's me sort of putting my thumb on the scale. And yeah, like, I, I also don't care. Yeah, I just don't care because like yeah. you went to Alabama and then you immediately were the best receiver at Alabama. I'm not that concerned. If if like Alave and Garrett Wilson weren't going to be first round picks and by the way, Jackson Smith and Igba, I mean, he might be the best of all of them. Like when he comes out, he might be like a Jamar Chase level prospect. I mean, he had this he had this game in the Big Ten Championship where he had uh I, I believe it was like 340 yards and three touchdowns i mean he's just like he's like unbelievable uh and that was with Olave and wilson out so i'm not i'm not sweating him at all what's interesting is that it's like there's only one good running like one running back who's going to go in the first two rounds in this class and it looks like it's going to be Brees. Hall. i mean maybe kenneth walker sneaks in there but the teams Brees, that teams Brees that Hall's testing was yeah. like super impressive he's like a lot better than i was already (laughs) expecting yeah like like an amped up david montgomery which is like that you know that's kind of who he was being compared to because they both went to iowa state they were both workhorses you know but what's interesting is that i don't you know there are not that many teams where he would walk in and immediately be even like a javante williams level guy from last year but uh the the spot that i keep coming back to is the buccaneers because it looks like they're gonna let both rojo and Fournette go if they if the hype would get so out of control if they took if they took Brees Hall in the second like if they traded up maybe in the second round or whatever to get him and and they don't sign Fournette you know they don't sign any you know LaShawn McCoy uh Le'Veon Bell you know dusty old guy types I mean the hype is going to get really out of control on him I think the other spot is Atlanta obviously where especially if they 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 just signed Damian Damian Williams yeah do you realize he's like 31? Dude, I, he, he, when Damian Williams was on the field, he was keeping David Montgomery from his thing. And then he got hurt. And then David Montgomery, I mean, Damian Williams. Is, are you, are you going to be in on the David Williams hype trade again this year? I don't, I don't think I will be. Well, maybe I will be. I don't think, I don't think I'll be in on drafting him. Certainly not as much as I was this last year, but I do think he is now entered into that tier of old, Giovanni Bernard style guy who gets signed to your team 
and ruins your passing down value. Cause, cause that's coaches like that type of guy, especially when it's a rookie, especially when it's a rookie versus a guy Dude, who if, literally. If Arthur Smith with what he did with Derrick Henry and everything comes and takes Brees Hall. Yeah. Obviously reasonably early. There's going to be a, just it, an it, insane you're, you're right. excitement about that. You're right. Especially if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of the, yeah. of the Atlanta Falcons as well. I mean, their offensive line is still terrible though, isn't it? I don't think yeah. they've done it. I don't think it's very good. Is, isn't it so weird for the Falcons to want Deshaun Watson? Like they're not going to win anything. I, it, 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 and especially for like, maybe it's more weird on Watson's side. Like I'd rather go to the saints. I think I, yeah. I, that, that whole situation it's it's all weird. fucked up it's all <laughs> so it's all weird. fucked up it's like it's like it's everything about like i don't even want to tweet about it because like either way you're gonna say something you're gonna put your foot in your mouth or whatever like it's all fucked up but i really don't understand the purely Atlanta, football Deshaun i agree with thing. you like i don't get i don't really get the fit with the falcons either no receivers like what i mean they even lost russell gage like what are they gonna do they they brought they brought traquan smith in for a free agent visit that's where they're at that's where we're at. That's dude. That is. <laughs> I mean, they, they probably land Fuller, um, and maybe yeah. another free agent receiver. I don't know. And then if they draft like a Brees Hall or something, like you can start to. Whoa! Like, whoa! We got we got we got breaking news literally on the show right now. Per Adam Schefter, Deshaun Watson has decided he wants to play for the Cleveland Browns. In a stunning change of events, per sources. Watson has informed the Houston Texans that he's now willing what? to waive the no trade clause in his contract to be dealt to Cleveland. So there we go. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I literally saw that right in the middle of that tirade. What? I mean, this was this was the spot that made the most sense. This was the the football spot that made the most sense. If Deshaun Watson wanted to win games, and the team that wanted to trade for him wanted to win games, in my opinion, that's wild. They got Amari. They're probably going to sign Fuller now. I mean, I don't know that Fuller really makes sense for them because they do still have DPJ and they just drafted Anthony Schwartz. They got two like legit burners. Yeah, but but Fuller, you could probably honestly at this point probably one year, four million dollars. Yeah. Probably not even eight million at this point for him. And you you pretty much just do it as a, like a favor, like for 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 getting Deshaun Watson services. And I I think. I mean, if a, if a, you, you can have an injury protection on a lot of these contracts, like uh, the, the over the cap guys were talking about how the Rams had like an injury protection and Robert Woods' contract and you get that salary cap money back. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So they would do that with Fuller's contract. You're saying, yeah. I mean, that's, that is dude. So then what happens with the Browns? I mean, they've been super run heavy. They let Hooper go. We're probably not going to see as many two tight end sets. Is this offense going to shift? I mean, obviously, no, still it'll, it'll still be pretty. It'll still, I, well, but they can let go of Hunt for no penalty against the cap. They can, okay. they can, they can cut him with no penalty if, if they want to. The, what if he's in the trade package to the Texans? How funny would that be? How funny if they're <laughs> like, you know, you know what we really want? We really need Kareem Hunt to turn this franchise around. Oh my gosh. The Texans acquiring a running back. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Letting Hooper go, like you still have Njoku and Harrison Bryant, but like signing Amari and uh, assuming they land Fuller too, which may may not happen. And Fuller is always kind of a. That's just what everyone's been saying. So I'm assuming it's true, but I have no knowledge right. of the situation other than that's what everyone who's has been saying. Right. And it's one of those things where like, 
we could just wind up or he could have just been waiting to see where it lands and then decide that that's not the right fit for him or sure or any, he could be like know. i don't want to fucking live in cleveland yeah. <laughs> or i don't want to play in an outdoor stadium he's always been kind of a dome guy you know that's the other thing i was thinking i mean i don't know that that's like fully fair but i think of him in, in houston obviously as just like burning dudes in the on, on the turf like I don't want to play in 40 mile an hour winds as a deep threat. Like why would like, well, that's the, the I, I saw someone tweeting about this the other day is like, there are basically three games a year that Cleveland plays in their dumb outdoor stadium next to the river where it's just like unplayable because the wind is so bad. Like you, right. you, there's just nothing you can even do. So. I mean, obviously for Fuller, like playing with Watson, the guy who's, he's had the most success with there's the right. edges there, but if I'm a deep threat, I'm not exactly I'm not exactly picking these uh, outdoor stadiums and cold weather climates to like go play for personally. Yeah. I mean, I still, again, if I was his representation, I, I would have been saying the saints is, is a good yeah. spot for him to go to. Um, and I guess this means that Baker Mayfield is going to be the quarterback of the Houston Texans this season. So if you had Davis mills in any of these super flex dynasty leagues, he, he probably doesn't have a job anymore. Wow. I wonder if he's in that deal. Cause they're talking about, he might not be a part of the deal, but that would make a lot of sense. Obviously he's a Texas guy. Now do the, do the, um, the NFL rules work the same way as the NFL where you could do like a three team trade. Like could, could they Baker Mayfield be on the Texans roster and then they just immediately offer him to the Seahawks or the Colts. I, I have no idea if that's how that works or not, but that is, I think so. That makes more. Well, I mean, Baker's on a one-year contract though. So he just is, he's just auditioning for his next contract at this point. Um, and if I, if I'm Baker, uh, I definitely want to play for the Colts out of those three teams. I do not want to play for the Seahawks and I don't want to play for, I for sure don't want to play for the Texans. Yeah, definitely not the Texans. Definitely not the Seahawks. So yeah, the Colts by default. I mean, I think that he would be, that would be a pretty good fit for him. He's always kind of been in a run heavy play action type offense. Not that he's been particularly good, but, yeah, having Jonathan Taylor will help. I still think Our, G- Jimmy G makes the most sense for them. I mean, I, I don't even think Jimmy G is particularly good, but like same same concept that he's been in this run heavy offense and, and can be an efficient passer when the running game's like rolling. I mean, they're, they're I'm all about obviously the pass first, and that's the way you win in the modern NFL. But like, if you're the Colts, you're really just trying to get average QB play. I think, yeah, because like that's one of the only teams where you can say. I do project them for better than league average rushing efficiency. I mean, Taylor's a good runner, even against loaded boxes. It's, it's a, a very similar to Derrick Henry. Like they're the team that could continue to overperform their run heaviness for multiple, multiple seasons. As long as Taylor is Jonathan Taylor, like the, the dude's like that good. Yeah. So are we assuming that this report is correct? Are we are we bullish on Amari Cooper relative to like is it better for him to be the number one wide receiver outside in Cleveland for Deshaun Watson than to be the 2.5 in Dallas? I don't know. It's pretty close, I mean, right? Yeah. It's pretty close. He's another one where like his best years definitely came uh indoors. Doesn't he have some like sort of indoor? Oh, he he's got splits? he's got huge splits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I when I saw the Cleveland thing, I was like not super stoked for that reason but obviously playing with Deshaun Watson is is going to be big for him 
again, assuming that dude, this I'm even, stunned by this. I did not yeah, expect. Yeah, I'm Sean like, Watson I'm like shook. I don't even really know how to. I don't even really know how to process this. No, no terms on what the official trade is going to be. I feel. I honestly feel kind of bad for Baker. Baker didn't ask for this. You know, he played. He played hurt for them, and now he's gonna. He's gonna have to go play for the Texans. I don't know, man. I, I get the the other position where it's like it's kind of rough to for him to be like kind of whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think the, the the word sensitive is like such a stupid word to use, but people have said he's been kind of sensitive. But like he hasn't played up to being the number one overall pick. Like that's that's simple. Well, I expected more out of him. Isn't 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 like the average uh top five quarterback pick a fail though? Like does on, on average when you take a quarterback okay. in the top five are so relative to the non-hits, but obviously you need the guy to be a hit to be worried about him not getting the respect he's due. Like like how much respect is he owed? at this point is sort of what I'm trying to say from his play specifically from his play. He's been good for Cleveland. Obviously they had been bad for a really long time, but also like yeah. I, I'm not grading him on a curve because the Browns have sucked for 20 years. That's, yes. He's been the best quarterback forever. He, but. He's been like the, the, the 22nd best quarterback in the NFL or whatever, which is not good enough yeah, for what not, they wanted to do. I mean, he's yeah. been like Alex Smith is the number one overall pick. Alex Smith had a great career. I enjoyed watching him, but like, sure. I'm not like if you can't blame the team for wanting to improve on you. <laughs> it's like right. sort of like the chiefs. I never heard Alex Smith complain about the fact that the chiefs went and drafted Patrick Mahomes. And then, I mean, they actually let him be the starter for another year, but then traded him to yeah. Washington or let him walk or whatever it was like, yeah, Alex Smith, you have been part of the reason that this team hasn't taken the next step. Like Cleveland has a ton of talent. That's part of why they rebounded as well. It's not all just like, People are like Baker helped them win their first playoff game in so long. Yeah, but like so did Miles Garrett and like all these other dudes that they've like built up a great offensive line, Nick Chubb. Like they had a lot of talent. Like the OBJ stuff isn't ju- like OBJ didn't handle that real well, but there's some truth to that too. Like Baker definitely missed him. I mean, I know you watched o- uh, Odell Beckham Sr.'s video. Like, oh yeah. That was, uh, it was, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> wasn't wrong no i think i think we we definitely learned that so uh according to Schefter, also watson is getting a 184 million dollar contract over four years with a fifth year option still think he might serve some time on the commissioner's exempt list um he's definitely so the big thing on that that i'm aware of that the sort of cat people have been saying a lot and I think they're completely right is he got paid last year. Like he was for like accounting purposes was choosing to like not play, but he wasn't like put on any kind of list. He wasn't like holding out and unpaid. Like he was a paid and active all of last year. So people have talked about time served and I don't think that's going to apply at all. Like he actually, because he got paid, like they yeah. haven't suspended him unpaid for anything. I think there's a pretty, uh, pretty likely i mean i think it's near certainty that he serves some time on an unpaid yeah because there's been plenty list. there's been plenty of guys who never served jail time or were never criminally convicted um yeah and there's a ton of obviously like we have 20 plus accusers here i mean i think people have brought up like the roethlisberger example and stuff but even like people say the roethlisberger when he got six games that got brought down to four the Roethlisberger thing happened in like 2009, 2010. It was like pre-social totally, media. Totally different environment. Different. And if that happened and now, like, whoo. He'd be. That, people don't realize how bad that was. Like, I'm it pretty was, sure it he'd was, break 
or it was couple. really bad. Yeah. yeah. And, and he ended up, you know, and, and Roethlisberger did, and it's so fucking gross. Cause you know, all these teams and part of their pitches, they were like, you know, let's, we'll, we'll help you rehab your image and shit like that, which is going to happen. I mean, just be ready for that. You know, NFL broadcasts are going to be talking about Deshaun Watson fighting through adversity and, and all that shit. <sighs> yeah. I mean, so already, already prepared to, to roll your eyes at that. Um, whatever Deshaun Watson member of the Cleveland Browns getting paid millions of dollars and uh, Baker Mayfield who has not been committed uh, has not been uh, questioned in a court of law for sexually assaulting 22 different women is probably going to be the quarterback of the Houston Texans or the well, Schefter's other tweet here was he'll now be able to get the trade he wants so that kind of that's interesting implies that he's not a part of this deal basically so I guess it's just picks probably then going from, but yeah. I guess how much can, how much can the Texans even really ask for given that Watson has a no trade clause and they can only move him, you know, the, the market can't be that big for him. Right. Well, there was like, something that's about interesting. all the teams he was meeting with the Texans had already approved their pack, their offers and their packages prior to him meeting with them. And so Watson, that was a few days ago. I think Schefter tweeted it. Like all that's left is Watson picking his new team. I mean, picking that's why I was talking about it as like a freaking rose ceremony. It's been like this whole, this whole saga has been. It's been so exhausting. So gross, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I would assume that it's a big deal still that like, basically if the, the, the Texans would have said, we're not going to trade you, even if you choose the Browns until they had approved some type of package. I mean, my, my understanding of the process is that they're going to get a ton for him. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Everyone, you can marinate in that. Uh, Devontae Adams has been traded. Deshaun Watson has been traded. We gave some draft takes. Uh, crazy Brett? NFL offseason, dude. And some crazy news while we're recording. You're, you're yeah. like, hey, you want to come on today? We'll do. We'll just, you know, shoot the breeze a little bit. And, yeah. And then Deshaun Watson gets traded. I'm glad we were going to we were going to record it earlier. So I'm glad that we, we did it a little bit later so that this happened in the middle of it. And I want to have to do another podcast about <laughs> uh watson signing on so uh what do you guys got going on with ship chasing and uh the uh the sub stack just wednesday nights on ship chasing drafting a lot always fun um stealing bananas with sean siegel twice a week every week um yeah and the the sub stack bangrash.substack.com the you know stealing signal sub stack that's the goodies for me there we go all right see you back next week folks Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.